0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Spell the Tape podcast. This is your host Jess. And I'm
1: Reese. And tonight we'll be talking about the theme of autism.
0: Autism is a type of neurodivergency.
1: I learned that everybody can have traits of autism, but that doesn't
0: exactly mean that you have autism. Yeah, because the autism spectrum is pretty huge, so it is different for everyone. So to tell us more about autism, we've got a special guest named Joe up next. Hello everyone, this is Aoife here. And and today we have Joe here to interview. Can you please tell us a bit about
2: yourself? Hello, my name's Joseph. I'm 27 years of age. And I work as a systems developer, programmer for an engineering firm. I went to school, St. Joseph's Boys School. But um, no, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. So what is autism? Autism would be, funny enough, one of the symptoms of autism for me, or more specifically Asperger's, it's a spectrum disorder, which could be anything from... Stimulation to, you know, overhyped senses. It could be uh, a learning disability. It could be anxiety. You could be nonverbal, and one of my symptoms would be inarticulation, which is not being able to explain something even though you know what it is. So this would be me now struggling to explain to you what autism is. (laughs) So, but no, it's a broad, broad spectrum. I'd be on. They say the more milder side, but it's all up and down. There's all different. Like, someone could be sensitive to hearing, but they might be really intelligent. Someone might be really good at drawing, but they might not, they might be mute or something, you know what I mean? So, it's up and down. It's just a a broad spectrum.
0: So, uh, when did you first get diagnosed?
2: I think I was diagnosed when I was 10. I remember I was in my living room watching television. My parents came on then and they said, like, or can we sit you down and mother they opened the book it was about autism like it's so oh, you have this and this this and the show us. showed me a booklet of all the different symptoms of what autism can be and they were asking me like well how do you feel about that and I suppose everything kind of made sense at that point because at that age I was wondering why is everything loud everything is bright everything's you know textures feel weird and you know I always just felt a bit different and that kind of as I grew up then over my teen years it kind of helped explain it better and understand it a bit more of who I was.
0: So Joe, whenever you're like feeling the textures of like your clothes, or like the lights too bright, or anything's too loud, that's sensory like overload, isn't it?
2: Yes, it's when like, but they say like you're overly itchy all the time, and especially when you start sweating, it's like say you have anxiety or something, and it like you be. Itchy clothing like wool or polyester is a no-no for some out there, especially on the more extreme side of the spectrum. But it could be like different textures of food as well. It could be like broccoli or something. Some, myself included, I can't eat it. You know what I mean? It just tastes strange. Uh, bright lights in here, for instance. But like long periods of time, this doesn't bother me. But long periods of time, this could, you know, do the head on of some people. That
0: So, can you tell us what challenges you have faced with your condition?
2: When I was in school, you know, I would have needed, like, a bit of extra time in examinations just to read questions and stuff and, like, have something read to me multiple times to understand it, which often led to this kind of negative perception to teachers of this guy must be lazy or this student must be stupid, and that can kind of create anxiety and, you know, make you feel bad, especially during your teen years. You know, mixing that with puberty and going all your emotions are all over the place and you just feel like a mess all the time but you learn to cope with it there's plenty of support out there which i'm grateful to have gotten through my family and friends that's made the challenges a bit easier for me there's a lot more support now than there was when i was a teenager you No, know, anything to do with school or could be trying to fit in with friends you know, I didn't have the same interests like football. I would have been into, like, history and stuff. And something as, not as ridiculous to me, but as ridiculous like tanks or something. You know what I mean? And I'd be interested in video games. But that's just stuff that didn't, you know, really appeal to a lot of people within my community. So, I uh, growing up, it, it was hard, but I did find me my place. I found me support. And, you know, it's... You learn to cope with it as you get older.
0: What support was available to you out at school and at school when you were our age or slightly even younger?
2: When I first went out, I had Asperger's at the age of 10. I was kind of, I forget what primary I was in at that time, but I was kind of already too late to get support into my primary school years. I think that would have been six. Right? Uh, so when I first started in secondary school, that's when I got like a classroom assistant like a kind of a personal classroom assistant that would help me, but was also for the class as well. This could be to take down notes because obviously I couldn't keep up with everyone else. And obviously once again, in articulation, uh, focusing in class. So obviously there was plenty of support throughout, uh, when I was in my secondary school years, I went to CEDAR, which is a foundation, an organization that helped people with all forms of disabilities, be it like physical or mental or whatever conditions. And that's uh, where I met a lot of good friends who are very, like me, had, you know, Asperger's as well, autism, that sort of spectrum with similar, similar symptoms, similar understandings. So, you know, we just gelled together like, and, you know, I've, I've, they've had my support. I've had their support ever since. And even to this day, Cedar are still with me, helping me out. And even at work, they check up on me. You know, they had talks with my, my boss, my department, my work saying, Joseph has this, this and this. And. Even helped teach, you know, teach my job how to, you know, work with me and how I can work with them. So, as I got older, more and more support came, but it was more down to my family and my friends and the Cedar Foundations where I got most of my support.
0: So, does anyone make any assumptions about you whenever you tell them about your condition?
2: They have been over the years. I've, you know, it might have come come up in conversation, and it's I'd ask, I'd say to them, "Oh, well, oh, you see I because I have Asperger's." And they'd say oh right uh, i wouldn't have known you don't look like you have it and i'm like oh god you're one of them Like, <laughs> oh you have to look or act a certain way to show people you have asperger's or autism you know what i mean all the stereotypical traits like you know what with your fingers shaking your leg moving back and forth no eye contact not everybody with aspergers or autism has that as i mentioned at the start it's a massive spectrum someone might be There are a few other things, they might have bad eye contact, whatever, so, yeah, I there have been a couple of assumptions over the years, but you kind of just learn to deal with that and just say, you know uh, what, no, I have this and this, but you don't have to look or physically act a certain way, and then it's just, you don't let it bother you, because otherwise you're just going to be negative and angry your whole life, so kind of just tell people that you have it and then just move on, it's it's balls in their court then. (laughs)
0: So has autism ever had an impact on your
2: mental health? It has over the past couple of years. I've been um, it's obviously once I finished university and passed, you know, I graduated. I was kind of like, right, the the comfort blanket is is gone now because when I first started my job, it was difficult to get the support from Cedar and and they didn't really understand my conditions. Once again, uh this is bouncing off the assumptions question. People just assumed they would see me, maybe I'd be stimming or I need to go take a walk or I need breaks a lot more than the other workers. And they think, well, what's wrong with this guy? He's, he's not doing his job properly, but I am, just in my way. So this obviously, it gave a lot of anxiety thinking everyone would start judging me. and uh, Everyone would start uh, judging me. and. This obviously led to a lot of depression, and me, you know, talking negative about myself, intrusive thoughts, being, you know, angry and annoyed with myself, and uh, having to need like reassurance from everyone else around me.
0: So, what would you say are the positives of having autism?
2: There, there's quite a few. It's something not often talked about. There's quite a few positives with uh, with having autism or being on the spectrum. For one, I'm very visual, very attention to detail focused. I'm a very creative person, I love drawing, I love world building, creating worlds, drawing characters like dragons and wolves, I love all that. Because you do a lot more daydreaming and you see the world through your own eyes from a different perspective, you just look through the world through more open eyes. And it's definitely made me into the man I am today. You know, I'm a lot more, a, a lot of compassion, a lot of empathy, because I kind of know what it feels like to feel like an outcast sometimes. For people who might be struggling, again, people that might be struggling with mental health, I can talk to them. But, and that, uh, that can be some of the great positives. You're very, because you have sensitive hearing, you can be like a lot more, you know, open to music. You could be, you could see details like say around this room for instance first thing I noticed when I came on was the Nintendo and SNES but no one else might have noticed it stuff like that that could help benefit in employees for jobs so we should definitely focus more on you know, those types of positives for young people with autism
0: that was actually very interesting Like I've never really heard people refer to the positive sides of autism with yeah. the attention to detail and with stuff like and with stuff like that and like different opinions on music. I've never I've never heard it really been spoken about. Yeah, yeah. You always hear about the negatives of it but you never ever hear not talking about the positives so it's good to know the positives.
2: Yeah, it's uh it's I just really wanna give my experience to show that you know there there is help out there. People aren't, you know, malicious. They're always there people will help you, friends that will help you. My advice would just be just stay be yourself. Don't let anyone bring you down, and ask for help when you can. No matter how embarrassed you might feel, it's because it, people will help and they will listen.
0: So thank you very, very much, Stu for coming on the show. Yeah, thank
2: you. Thank you for having me on. It's been great talking to you. And thank you for the opportunity.
0: Next up, we have special guests from the Bug Club and the Hub, who are a local group who work with young people with disabilities. Hi, this is Ryan and Hannah, and they were joined with
2: Gavin and Bruna
0: from. The
3: Hub and Bug Club. So, tell us a bit about yourselves. So, I'm Bruna, and I work in the Hub, based here and there in Northside. Um, and I work um under the Liberty Consortium Day Opportunities Program. So, and I work with a variety of young people with special needs and autism. I'm qualified in community music at master's level, and I've recently completed my level three in youth support worker training.
1: I'm Gavin Melly and I'm the social inclusion manager at the Play Trail. I manage um, Bug Club. Bug Club is the largest youth provision for young people with disabilities across the city and district. And um, we work with young people aged age 11 to 25-year-olds uh, and provide them with opportunities to socialise and engage in youth work programmes. We are all based in our premises in Northside Shopping Centre and the message posed behind why we have our programmes within a shopping centre is about place of inclusion at the heart of the community. So I've worked in the field of youth work for about 17 years, but I've specialised within disability in the last nine years. Very interesting.
0: What do you
1: do in your jobs daily? Okay, well, my day to day job job changes every day. So I've trained as a youth worker and I'm a qualified youth worker. So mostly what my job entails is around delivering targeted engineering youth work provision for young people with disabilities and we do that across five nights per week. But in addition to that, because I manage the service, I have to control all the admin and programme design and planning and the funding and dealing with any of the issues and also working with a wide range of staff team. So my week is never the same, it's always different, but it's always fun because always at the end of the day coming into the nighttime hours is when I get to do my favorite part of the job, which is work directly and face to face with young people with disabilities.
3: I'd be the same. My Monday and Friday work would be um, very different from week to week. Um, so I work the daytime hours, like it would be five to six hours a day with young people with disabilities and autism. And um, in the hub, we deliver different sort of social inclusion um programs, from music to arts and crafts to. Drama. they may be like um, boosting their independent living and their life skills as well. So something that's, that we can take for granted is like cooking but like you know getting everyone involved and things that they might never have tried. Um, we try and get a lot of trips and, and you know out in the community and engage with our programmes too. So um, just today we were out with the City of Area Rugby Club. The next week we're going to go out and visit the Brandywell Stadium and meet some local footballers and we've kind of been here based in studio Two working with all our facilitators and. We love getting our young people out and engaging with just everything that dairy has to offer and get them engaging in different things that they may not have experienced prior to coming to the hub or a bud hub.
1: Suppose the main aims of what our provisions about is about increasing opportunities for young people with disabilities and that could be through uh, citizenship, getting involved, becoming more active members within their community. But it also, should, as Brona says, we try and provide such a broad programme across daytime, afternoon and evening and suppose to put that into perspective. In the service that BRONA works in, under our organisation, we provide 225 places a week to young people with disabilities who have been come across five days a week to take part in a very tailored and bespoke educational programme. And then within the afternoon and evening social programmes, we provide over 200 young people a week to come together to take part in generic or targeted youth work programmes that hopefully will build their capacity around thematic youth work areas in order whether that's health and well-being, participation, good relations. And about making sure that we are also providing a safe place for young people with disabilities to come together where their needs are met but where they can foster positive relationships meet new friends and take part in things that maybe they've never had the opportunity to do in the past
3: To just give them the, the boost that you know that they might not have ever experienced or to try new things and then there's the support there from from this, all the staff and and the team that we have um just from our experience that we can then engage them and Local community things and, and hopefully educate other local youth clubs or local organisations um, around just people with disabilities and autism to show maybe their abilities rather than their disabilities.
1: We also have a variety of social enterprises. So we have a horse box that's transformed into a coffee shop called Tea in the Park where our young people are provided with hands on work experience within the, the realm of catering. And then we also have a, a charity shop that's about six days a week called Thrift Charity Shop. we have 27 young people with disabilities who volunteer and gain placement experience on a weekly basis within the shop providing them experience in customer services uh, working in a retail environment learning skills around money management so across the organization we have quite a range of programs and then in addition to that as well we have a project called Project Spark which is about recruiting young people with disabilities and with autism and training them up in bespoke skills such through using the medium of music, dance, singing, uh, drumming and teaching them up to become peer leaders where then they go out and they educate our children and it's about placing young people with disabilities at the uh, front and centre and making sure that we're providing them with the same opportunities. Whilst also breaking down barriers for our young people to feel more included within society and to actually gain what they would like to gain uh, in their lives. Um, up to
3: what age do you provide service to?
2: So across
1: our organisation, we work in the area of 11 to 25. That is our, supposed remit and where we work. So we provide a Bud Junior Club, um, and that works for young people with disabilities age 11 to 14, and then our senior end is 15 to 25. Across our daytime provision in the Hub, it is usually between 16 and 25, based on entry. Um, normally what you find is within the field of disability, uh, young people, like everyone else, are entitled to stay in education, to stay in school until they're 19. Um, but based on maybe the very needs of some of our members, when they become 19 it's then sometimes for, for them, it's they, they go through a period of transition and it's about it's quite a nervous period for them. It's because they've been at the same school since they've been three. If they've been at a special needs school, they've been there from three until 19. And that's a big change from moving. And you've probably known yourself from moving from primary school to secondary school and the unknown and breaking up friendship groups. So then the young people come to us and then they move over to what is called, it's a model and a system called self-directed support. And what happens is they basically, young people leave. When you're in school, the Department of Education, by law, they have to provide every child Northern Ireland with education up to the age of eighteen, you can leave at sixteen, but up to the age of sorry nineteen, um, and then what happens then is if you have a disability, that responsibility moves from the Department of Education and it moves over to the Department of Health, where then the Department of Health then, and that's why most young people with disabilities will have a social worker, and social workers within the field of disability are there to support young people with disabilities, support their families, make sure that they're getting the right service, making sure they're making families aware of the services that are available within the community because there's much more services that can that provide a lot more bespoke programs as well and it's about providing young people with the choice uh, and it's about making sure that like, if you leave school you might decide you want to go to university or you want to go to the regional college or you want to go into employment and it's the same for young people with disabilities it's about providing them with a choice of what service is out there and which one best meets their needs so for us young people can come with to us from the ages of 11 to 25 that doesn't mean when you're 25 that you have to leave the service. You just need to be in the service before the age of 25. There's our services then that work with young people who are older. But our job as youth workers um, and our role is about keeping our services age-appropriate and it's about working with young people around the same age bracket so that we do have young people that are being able to socialise with the, our young people the same age. Because one of the reasons a white bug and the youth provision was founded uh, coming up to eight years ago was is that the young people had taught me that they wanted to socialise with people their same age and they wanted to do it at night time where in the past it was always where they may have been out and about with people who were way older than them or carers or parents, and they wanted to make friends with people their age and be able to have a place that they can call their own and come together.
0: See to get into this sort of work, what well, like qualifications do you need? Make GCSEs, level everyone in university? Is there anything genuine
1: so suppose Hannah, they give you an insight, most of our staff team have a wide range of experience and qualifications, and they're usually focused around youth and community work. Um, some have teaching degrees, some have community development or experience within working within the field of disability. So it depends on the role that you're looking for as an organisation when I'm doing recruitment and um, because the provision that I run is youth work is the in order to come on initially to start out, you have to have a minimum qualification of maybe a level two in youth work, and then maybe you might want to grow along. For me, I have a degree in youth and community work. Brona has a degree, and she also has a youth work qualification. So all of the staff that work along us have a variety of experience. But for someone who's maybe a young person interested in this, is thinking about well, how can I start out? How can I get involved? So one of the beauties and the good things about maybe what we do within our division is we offer a budding program that runs once a year. we recruit young people the age of 16 to 18 we bring them in we provide them with both bespoke an eight-week training program in order to train them up on how to be a buddy and once they complete that program and what that includes is they cover things like safeguarding, mackathon, disability and equality training, first aid, inclusive games, team building, visual awareness training so we try and build the capacity of these young people, equip them and then provide them with hands-on experiences of working in the field of disability and getting that experience, particularly if, if young people are listening and they're thinking, well, I want to do this at university or I want to be able to secure a job And this. is A lot of these young people then come on those programs, they utilize all that experience, they get recognition for the volunteer they're able to put that on their UCAS forms, they're able to put that on their their job applications or their CVs. But if you wanted to get a, main, uh, a full-time job within our organization, normally what we ask is we usually ask for one year's minimum experience of working within the field of disability um, or it could be up to two years of volunteering within the field of disability and then depending on the level of job you're requiring it could start at a level two and youth and community work it could go right up to a, uh, a degree level so it depends on the role but if we're talking in general in terms of what young people do if they are interested and they're looking to get some volunteering experiences is maybe to keep an eye on the of social media pages because we always be recruiting body and programs And the beauty for us is as an organisation, we're getting these young people coming and we're able to support them, provide them with the experience, help them out when they're applying to UCAS. But actually six of my staff team that now work for me have all went through the body program and are now all actually full-time employees within our organisation. And it's through the experience and then we put them through their training and we supported them through that. So if anybody is listening and are interested in maybe getting into the field, um, maybe they could keep an eye out. Maybe if they're young and at the age of 16, 18, and interested in getting on the budding program, or if they're interested in well, how they go and fill like that, a lot of our staff have, have studied in some way around a health and social care qualification or a youth and community qualification in terms to get into this work.
3: It's a really social job, you know, um, you're working with loads of different people, staff, and you know, young people, and it's kind of Really talking to people and asking the questions, like you know, I think that's a really good question. Like, don't be worrying about GCSE and A level choices because it adds through experience. I'm maybe putting yourself out there and just saying, oh, Can I get a, a couple of your volunteering or um, like the body in program? It's only eight weeks where you like it won't hinder um, you in any way, it's only going to benefit you. That, like Kevin said, you'll have the experience you write down. You said you've done it, and even if you walk away thinking, Oh, it wasn't for me, but it could open your eyes to something that you may never have experienced or thought you would have experienced and enjoyed but definitely if someone's sitting and going oh, i don't know what you say to pick or what A pick it's not the all and all and it's not something that determines you know um your life there's always ways to you know find what you want to do like our young people are, are currently going going through like those different programs and just experiential learning like kind of like going back to our young enterprise where they have they can stand on the shop floor and put out the clothes and it through a towel and you know wash their clothes in the washing machine but it, it's kind of things that you know it's like life skills you know and through their own experience like that they like their mental health has improved and their, um, their life skills have improved and their confidence and you know their, their peer learning they're learning from each other so that would be my advice don't be worrying about having the right qualifications at such a young age or knowing what to pick because in mean, real life no actually does. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's winging it. <laughs> but um, seriously, like it, it's just putting yourself forward, trying these things. If you're, if you're um, thinking about something like that, why not try it and contact the trade and look out for these definitely courses you can sign yourself up for.
0: Winging it's my motto. On that note, let's wrap this up. Thanks, thank you so much, uh, for coming on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank David. you. Thank we you. Did. Thank you very much. It's great to know there's like groups and communities out there that are. Able to help. Yeah, I think it's really helpful now that young people today can get help with their disabilities. So next up, we have our just for laughs section, and we will tell them some very wacky jokes. Right. So welcome back to Just for Laughs. So this week we're going to hear some jokes and see if everyone hears. Capability of making me and Reese. Giggle. So first off, we've got IFA so give it away. Why are bees hair sticky? Why? Because they brush it with a honeycomb.
1: <laughs> like stop webcasling.
0: Wanna hear a joke about paper? Never mind, it's terrible. So next up, we've got Ryan Pickles. Right. So when does a joke become a dad joke? When it becomes a (laughs) parent. Ryan, back
1: again for round two.
0: What do you call of people waiting to punchy? What
1: the punchline? (laughs) I was walking down the street the other day, and I seen this boy.
0: Uh, walking with his donkey and I kept hutting the donkey. All right, so the dude looked like a pain in the ass. But anyway, he walked away and I asked the donkey, is he okay? He said no. I said, does he do it often? He goes, oh, 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 always does that. Uh. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Just for Laughs. As you can tell, I did not laugh because I am a wall of steel. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Word of the Week. The word for this week is. Poke. Poke van. It's Poke Man. It's Poke Van on a Poke Man. Right. So, a Poke Van is the ice cream van, and a Poke Man is the ice cream man, and a Poke is the ice cream in its own form. So, you basically replaced the word ice cream with Poke. Let syllables and all that thank you for listening to word of the week thank you all so much for tuning into our podcast this week we've all had a great week and we've learned so much about disabilities